0: You're listening to the Running Around Charlotte podcast presented by the Novon Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. The Running Around Charlotte podcast is brought to you by our partners at Novon Health Orthopedics. Runners like you are always on the move. Twisted ankles and broken bones can't wait and neither should you. Novon Health offers walk-in appointments and same-day care at select orthopedic clinics to help you get back on pace. Visit NovonHealth.org/ortho now to learn more. Now, here are your hosts for the Running Around Charlotte podcast: Tim Rhodes and DC Lukasi.
1: Everyone has their own reasons for running. Some of us keep our reasons to ourselves, others have the opportunity to share their stories, never knowing the impact they can have on other people. Taylor Barefoot took advantage of a unique opportunity ahead of this year's Novant Health Charlotte Marathon when she allowed the Charlotte Observer to tell her story in advance of her first Marathon. Maybe you read it. She overcame more than just the training schedule and her role as a pastor at one of Charlotte's largest churches to make it to the start line. She's our guest today on the Running Around Charlotte podcast to tell the rest of the story in her own words. Taylor, thanks for joining us on the program today. How are you?
2: I'm good. Thanks for having me.
1: We're very excited. DC? I'm excited to be here too. Yes. So Taylor, let's start at the finish line. How did you do?
2: So I, I was worried you we were going to ask that. Um, it, I it was not the race I hoped I would have. Um, I had had I, I ran in college, so I, I'm a pretty seasoned runner. I know what a good race is. I know what it takes to have a good race. And I it was one of those days where you know felt good the whole week going in. Great sleep, good fuel. Um, but mile nine, I took my I took my like. I guess it was like my first full fuel and it just did not sit well. Like I, which I had been using the same fuel the whole time I was training and, you know, done everything right. And my stomach just wasn't having it that day. And I really struggled to um, take fuel the rest of the race, um, like even water and Gatorade. Oh man! And so by, it was actually right after I ran into Theoden and right afterwards I was at mile like 14. And I could just tell that, like, my body was crashing. I didn't have the energy I should, and I knew it was at that point a little dangerous that I was like running with no fuel essentially. Um, and so I kind of had to make the choice of like, all right, like, are we going to make it to the finish line? Are we going to? I, I knew I wasn't going to drop out, but I knew I couldn't run the pace that I was running. So. Um, luckily one of my girlfriends was always planning on jumping in. Don't tell Novant, Um, (laughs) and she ran the last, she she was planning on running uh, five miles with me. And, um, at that point I like, I knew I needed to take some walk breaks and I could just tell that my body wasn't, wasn't feeling it that day. And we ended, she ended up staying with me for 12 miles um, almost to the finish line. Yeah. Um, and we just, we did a lot of walking, a lot of uh, walking, running, um, but. I'm I'm proud of my ability to like I am a competitive person and I definitely had to check my ego and I had to remind myself Taylor you're the person who wrote that article like you have to stay true to that person um, which meant that it was about staying healthy being compassionate um, not being hard on yourself celebrating where you've come from and like I'm more proud of myself for finishing a run not at the pace I had trained for um But yeah, I definitely didn't feel great at the finish line. I was not one of the smiling people, but um, it it was still a
1: good experience. I I think there's another side of that too that I'll, I'll compliment you on, but it's being transparent and vulnerable, right? It's like, all right, I didn't do my best. I'm willing to share that. That's okay. Because guess what? You weren't the only person out there that didn't do your best that day. That's right. There were a lot of others. And, and, you know, if misery loves company, you might've found a friend group who can, uh, who can understand that and relate to that but um good for you for for not quitting for not giving up i yeah. think that's that's part of the story too it's the perseverance of it you know what yeah. so many people their first marathon and <clears throat> what i thought you were going to say is i did great till 16 because you know how many times i've heard that
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and then they hit Some the proverbial be 16 18, 18 yeah. 19 20 yeah yeah, yeah. so
2: yeah no i had a um i had a friendship bracelet on that one of my friends had given me that said keep going and I put it on and I was like, I'm going to give this to someone who's having a worse time than me. <laughs> and then I was the one having the bad time and I kept it. And I remembered like there was like a moment in the race where I was like, I'm giving this to myself. Like, like I'm, I'm, mu- I'm much better at being the, like a supporter and like, like coaching comes very naturally to me. And I was like, no, I think I'm, I'm the person that needs to be cheered on right now. So that was a, a good, a good move of self-compassion so. Good for
1: you. All right. So we started with the finish. Let's back up to the start. Who is Taylor? And like, why, why would you end up in a newspaper article in the observer written by the very talented Thayden James?
2: Um, Well, uh, so I'm a pastor. So um, one of the things that I believe in the world is our stories matter. um, And I believe that it matters for us to, lead as pastors with integrity, um, which for me has meant being honest about my own journey. Um, One of the things that we're taught in seminary is don't ever lead from a wound, lead from scars. Um, So it was always really um, important for me as I kind of reflected on my own story is always asking, am I ready? Am I ready to tell this story? Um, So when I was originally kind of prompted on whether or not I wanted to share my story, I knew that i was ready i was like this is a good time in my life to talk about where i am with my healing journey and um something about disordered eating is it's a chronic illness like you will always it'll always be a part of you um which has been true like I, I actually had like a a bit of a regression after the marathon and was like struggling more than i normally do and just kind of a reminder of like, okay, like this is chronic. Like I'm going to be living with this my whole life and just kind of figuring out how to like manage those triggers and, um, make more healing strides. But I also think it's really important to talk about because I don't know a single person that hasn't been impacted negatively by diet culture or, um, just body image issues. And I think especially in the running community, we don't talk about it enough.
0: And you, that was one of the most powerful things in that article was that that you, athlete all your life, you grew up playing ball, messing around, having a good time, this, that, and the other, kind of you know adopted the cloth, and I'm doing the Reader's Digest version on it here for folks who have not yet read that article. We'll put the link in the, in the show notes, but all that to say, and then you got to college, and that's when those things changed for you. How was that, and can you share that again with folks who are listening and hearing the story for the first time?
2: Yeah, so... I definitely, yeah, I've always, I was always an athlete and movement was always really important to me. Um, I've always lived in a small body. Um, and when I got to college, I was around, you know, I think my team was maybe like 30 other women. And, you know, like I was at the first practice and like, you're running around, like, like you don't wear shirts, you wear your sports bra. And I remember my teammates being like, oh, I would like kill to have your abs, and I remember there was like such a formative moment because I was like, I'd never really paid attention to the fact that I had abs before or that it was important or there was value. And so I was in this environment where there was so much value placed on my thinness. Um, so then when it, it just kind of ends up, distor- it gets all kind of messed up in your head and you start thinking like, do I have more value when I'm thin? Like, what if my body changes? Because bodies change, especially yeah. women's bodies in their 20s. And, um, and so, and then I just started, you start conflating it with your times and like, am I going to get faster? Do I need to lose weight? Cause like you get to the starting line and, and you see who's ahead of you. And like, sometimes there's correlations between the size of those women. And, sure. um, and it just kind of ends up getting all broken and messed up. And that's, and I was around eating disorders. I had teammates that had pretty severe eating disorders and When you're kind of in the thick of other people's disorders it can kind of like make everything feel really messy and hard
0: so what flicked it for you to go like wow okay i've got a problem now i have to work on as you said you know healing this
2: yeah so i was really blessed to have a coach who cared about eating disorders um So even though the environment was tough, like it was nowhere near as hard as some other sports teams. Like we really had it lucky. Um, but every year he had us take assessments on eating disorders and I always scored in the red. Um, but like kind of orange to red, like I was like, not like diagnosable, but I was like, Ooh, those are not the thoughts I'm supposed to have. Um, and so I was always flagged as like, okay, like watch, like if you ever start acting on these thoughts, like we need to that's when we need to be concerned. And so when I graduated college and I wasn't running, the thoughts just became a lot louder. I was like, yeah. when I was in seminary and seminaries, I mean, it's stressful. Like it was, it was very rigorous academic environment. Um, Duke Divinity School or Duke Duke University has some of the highest rates of eating disorders of like any college in the country. So like the I environment of being at, yeah. So like the environment of being at Duke is just not necessarily like a healthy one um, from that <laughs> perspective either and um and so when i was in that environment and i was around other students who weren't athletes like none of my friends in seminary were athletes in college they had these healthy relationships with food and their bodies and i was like oh (laughs) i'm not i'm not doing great um and so i really that was when i was like okay i need to i need to figure this out um and so i i spoke in the article about how I took a yoga class that Duke mm-hmm. offered that was compassion based, um, yoga and it like changed, truly changed my life. Um, like, I don't think I would have started my healing journey without that yoga class.
1: So on, on your, somewhere along the line, you had enough courage to say, I'm, I'm going to talk about this, right? Yeah. And so you, you said, and I, I, I wrote it down cause I love it. Lead from your scars, not from your rooms, wounds wounds i almost said are you ready to tell the story in other words have you healed enough that that wound is not an open wound that you're still trying to figure out it's a scar that you've you've reconciled but it's still there it's still a memory it's still part of who you are so you you said that so at at some point along the the journey the the wound did become a scar and you felt like okay I can talk about this. What led to that decision?
2: Um, I'm, I think when I started to realize that I was starting to invite other people into the healing journey, like it wasn't a secret anymore. Um, and I was able to be in like female friendships where we were talking about our shared, like shared things. And, um, I was in more. I, I had joined like another yoga community and had um, been working with that instructor. And we actually did like a joint, um, like eating disorder yoga healing class with uh, col- with UNC's campus ministry. Um, and so we were like working with college kids. And so at that point, I was, I was just seeing so much value in like talking with other folks and realizing that even though it was maybe still a wound maybe not a scar it was everybody had the wound so it didn't feel because like the the thing that they always told us in seminary was if somebody has to take care of you after you share a story you aren't ready like if if they're if after you're, you told the story and they're like checking in on you like okay like like I didn't know that you were dealing with that um that's when you like maybe it was not ready and I had had enough experience of leading um, women who were just you know a couple years younger than me, but going through what I was going through in undergrad, it just there was just a lot of power to that, and I was like, okay, like this is important. Um, I I want I want to keep talking about this.
1: It's interesting because I you know I think yeah. I, introspectively and I think, all right, and we all have our junk, right? You know, our our wounds yeah. from various places and i'm like all right is that a is that still an open wound or is that a scar is that something i've dealt with and put behind me and can i talk about it or am i just still continuing to pick at that scab and it's yeah. not really a scar yet yeah, and yeah. it's yeah. like every time you pick at that darn scab it turns into another open wound you know or an open mm-hmm. wound yeah. again so um thanks for sharing that i you know i i've done stories with Thaden before and i i just think he is an awesome steward of the message, right? Like he, yes. it's not a yeah. story to him. It's it it's more than that. Like it's it's you that he's sharing, not not necessarily yeah. a story. And I I, I just I value I, that. Yeah, I do yeah. I, I think yeah. the world of him as a steward, as a writer, of being able to take what you have and translate it that into an article that people want to read. And that's what they see. They see yeah. the article. Yeah. But Through that article, they see someone, right?
2: That's right, So,
0: yeah. Now, getting back to your current profession as a reverend, is being open and honest and willing to bear your own, I guess, like you said, your own scars, does that make you better at what you have chosen to do and... Does it make you more approachable as someone in that position?
2: Yeah, um, I mean, you'd have to ask my congregation, but <laughs> I, I, I do feel like there's strength in it. Um, I, I pastor young adults, so like my, um, oh, among I, I mean, I'm, there's seven of us at our church, but the area that I personally oversee is our young adults, which are ages like 22 through like mid 30s, mm-hmm. and I have seen the value in like when I talk about things that I'm going through, they're able to be like, okay, I, I can see myself in that. And I think it's also just, it's a, it's a reminder of hope. Um, I think when we share our stories and especially when we're on the other side of it, I think there can be a lot of hope in that. Um, but I also think like, I mean, we all know like Christians can get a bad rap for being judgmental and, um, And so, like, I think it's really important to be the kind of Christian to say, like, hey, I am, I'm figuring this out just like you. Like, the world has battered me in the same way. And, um, like, I'm still work, I'm still a work in progress. Like, I'm not perfect. um, But, like, I've allowed God in my faith and my church community to be a part of that healing journey. um, I think can be really powerful for folks. So, I do think it's been a gift because my congregation was, I mean, they're all Charlotte Observer readers. So, it was, an interesting experience for my congregation to find out of this. They didn't know this about me necessarily. Like some of them had known as I've preached about it before, mm-hmm. but most of them were like, oh, I've never, I've never heard my pastor talk about disordered eating. Um, and so that was a pretty powerful experience. a lot of good has come from that.
0: That is great.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I think that there's a message in that too, right? And it, it, it is that we are all broken and we are all hurting and, you know, people who are outside of the faith looking in, trying to figure out: is this is this a place I want to explore? Is this a place I want to be? And they see the junk, and they're like, "Yep, yeah, no, uh, no, because yeah. it's hypocrisy. It's you know, all this other stuff." But you know, just for people who are kind of a <laughs> um, whatever it's worth. Um, people who are outside the faith, considering that, like it is, it is a place of just brokenness where, you, but, but there's, there's community in that, right? There's yeah, yeah. like, I can talk to somebody cause I'm battling the same thing.
2: Yeah.
1: That's not necessarily going to go away just because you jump into a relationship or you explore a relationship with God, but
2: yeah,
1: there's community and there's healing in it. That's available supernaturally that is not outside the faith.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I don't I don't think I would have started articulating um, because I was never diagnosed or my like, I, I was never like sick in the other ways other people have been mm-hmm. sick. Uh, whatever. Um, I guess you can't see that I'm doing quotes. Um, but <laughs> about quotes. eating Air disorders yeah. that I, I don't think I would have started talking about it if it wasn't for the church. Um, because that you'd kind of ask like, when did I start talking about this, but it was the same professor who told us about wounds and scars, who also said, she, she shared with us um, that what's the point of a sermon. And she said, the point of a sermon is for you to look at the deepest wound that that congregation might have or the person, like whoever like your audience is mm-hmm. and preach a sermon that shows that that deepest wound can experience resurrection and healing. Um, and that's like the point of a sermon. And so our prompt was for us to preach a sermon on your deepest wound. And I realized that my deepest wound was my body dysmorphia and um, my fear of food or whatever, however you want to articulate that what was going on that was disordered at the time for me. And um, like when I like finally articulated that that good news like applied to my own healing, like that was like kind of a pivotal point for me in my journey.
0: That's amazing, mm, literally. And I mean, and no offense, to be so young, <laughs> to be so wise, <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah. man, you got a gift, friend, you do. Uh, all right, well, I gotta, I gotta ask you this. Uh, so you were not satisfied with your results at the marathon this year. So I assume that we will see you again. She's already November. signed up. I, I, are you already signed no. up? Did I not see no. your application?
2: <laughs> 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 this, this is this. This is a good question. So when my husband when my husband picked me up at the finish line, he said, "Taylor, your first marathon." And I literally said, "No, Kate, my last marathon." No. Like, I, no, no, I, no, I, no, no. Like, no no way will I ever do that again. That was I was like that was not fun. And um That's two just days a slippery later, slope to
0: signing up again. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: okay. <laughs> I know. So 2 days 2 days later, the um the friend of mine who had had run those 12 miles mm-hmm. with me, um she texted me and she was like taylor i i think i think i need to run the marathon next year like i'm inspired there and then are. another one of my another <laughs> one of my young adults from my church who had watched me cheer he's like he's like i think i'm gonna do a 5k and these so these like these young adults that i passed through were like inspired That's by awesome. my marathon and i was like and so, and I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna. So I texted her back. And was like, you know, I'm gonna be there. Like, tell me what mile. Like, I'm gonna like support you. And then, like, I sent that text, and I was sitting. I was like, I'm gonna run the whole marathon with her. Like, there's no way. There but, you like, go. She was the, Um. So if she runs the Charlotte Marathon, look out. I'll be there too. There um So yeah. So I do. I do kind of think 2024 might involve another another marathon attempt. Um. But I do. I will say I love the half marathon distance. Um. And like. I have a lot of, like, I'm still running. I still love I running, but the half marathon is the great distance. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I, I can relate because after my first marathon, I said never again. And I've run several yep. since, mm, yeah. but yep. I, I'm proud of you for jumping back in with your friends. Yes. And, you know, that's how things multiply, right? That's how, yep. that's, that, that's, that's how, how it happens. grows. So, all right, Taylor, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. If anybody wants to get in touch with you and say, Hey, I'd love to talk to you more about fill in the blank. How would they do that?
2: Yeah. So, um, Byers Park Nine Methodist Church, uh, my, I'm on our staff page, so you can find my email there, but it's t tbarefootatmpumc.org. Um, and you can put that in the show notes if you want. Uh, but yeah, I'm always happy to grab coffee, um, share, hear your story, uh, talk more about mine. Um, I'm, I'm really grateful to be a part of the Charlotte community and the Charlotte running community.
1: Well, we're grateful right to have you. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank you, Taylor. Thanks for joining us.
0: Yes. Thank y'all. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Happy New Year, friend. Bye. The Running Around Charlotte podcast is presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon. Running Around Charlotte is produced in partnership with Well Run Media and Marketing. New episodes are available every week, anywhere you listen to podcasts.